On today's show, we're going to talk about how to use testimonials and guarantees to close more business. Welcome to Cracking the Code, the show that helps you overcome the challenges you face every day in contracting and keeps you on the cutting edge of emerging trends and best practices. Welcome to the audio version of Cracking the Code. Now, this was originally a video show, so if you hear us talking about something related to an image or any other visual element, you can see what we're talking about by going over to egia.org show and see what we're doing there in Cracking the Code. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. You know, at the beginning of each new year, I think it's really important to go through the basics of the sales process. We did this last week. We started with, you know, page one of the sales process. And today we're going to talk about a few more components of the sales process. And it's based on a question that we got from a contractor. By the way, I will tell you that page two of the sales process is just a place for you to explain how their HVAC system works. There's no right way or wrong way to do it. Uh, it's just really important to sketch out the system, show the, the homeowner, give them a brief education on how their system works. Now, let's talk about the question and how that relates to page three. The question is, our company has a great guarantee. Can you demonstrate how I can leverage the importance of a strong guarantee? We also have some great testimonials. How can I use these in your sales process to close more deals? So let's get into some role play breakdown. So here's the thing. In the sales process, I believe that risk is one of the number one challenges we face. People perceive a lot of risk in purchasing a new HVAC system. And when the risk is high, it makes it very difficult for people to say yes. When the risk is low, it makes it easier for people to say yes. So testimonial letters and guarantees are a very effective way to minimize risk for your homeowner because it shows the homeowner how you act and how you conduct yourself if there's a problem after the installation. So we kind of use the guarantees and the testimonials together uh, to prove this point. We also use them to kind of to demonstrate to the homeowner that three bids is not necessarily the answer. So we use the guarantees. We simply explain the guarantees. Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, these guarantees are the foundation of our company, and here's what they do. You'll see more of this in the role play video, but I explain what the guarantees do and how they protect them. The second issue is the, uh, the testimonial letters, right? I think the signature stories from something you've done amazing for a previous customer, it's a very, very powerful way to minimize risk. And so what you do is share a story about something amazing you've done for the homeowner. In my company, for example, we had a letter from a lady named Sarah Parker, and we uh, refunded her money on her system. We let her keep the system, but refunded her the money because she was diagnosed with cancer, and she wanted us to pull the system out. But we let her keep the system and just issued the refund. And so we used that letter, and it was a very powerful letter to demonstrate to homeowners what we would do in an event, you know, an event that the ships were down and they had a problem with their system. So those two things play together, and you'll see in the video, the role play video, what I'm really trying to do is I'm trying to say, okay, I'm going to give you these testimonial letters. I'm going to give you this guarantee in exchange for you getting three bids. Because the reality, folks, three bids is a myth. Three bids does not protect your homeowner. You know how I know that? Same way you know it. How many of you out there watching this show know people who got three bids for something for their home and they still had a problem with the contractor, right? Happens all the time. So page three is designed to minimize risk and to demonstrate to your homeowner that three bids is not the answer. So take a quick look here at this portion of the video where we talk about using testimonials and the guarantees to minimize risk. Okay, uh, so Doug, if you don't mind me asking, what do you do for a living? I'm actually in the marketing business. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I do a lot of marketing and advertising with our firm. Yeah? Yep. Awesome, awesome. And you, Jamie, I know you said that you work. Yeah. 
I work in the health club industry, so oh, yeah? actually, huh? yeah, I manage a health club. Very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. And have you been at that for a while? I have. It's, you know, I went to college for that, and that's really? my sports medicine degree, so okay. I got to actually put it to use. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, again, I, re I really appreciate you guys having me. And what I'd like to do is just share a little information with you uh, about my company and kind of give you an idea uh, of who we are. And kind of the cornerstone of our business is what we call our buy it back guarantee. You know, uh, when you go buy a flashlight at Walmart or, uh, you know, some kind of tool at, at Costco or something like that, and if you don't like that item, if it doesn't work right, you just don't like it, something like that, would you typically just kind of take that back to Costco or Walmart and return it? I've never done that. Just yeah. kidding. We do it all the time. Yeah. So. yeah. And they take it back. No questions exactly. asked. Yeah, exactly. So what happens when you take something back, you buy a dress or something, you don't like it, you take it back to a, a department store. You just don't like it. It didn't fit right. Or maybe you just decided you didn't like it. You didn't wear it. And then take it back, of course. <laughs> yeah. But you just didn't like it. You don't get a lot of brain damage, right? If right. you return the item, you get your money back. They let you exchange it for something new, whatever it is. Well, uh, we decided a few years ago that it should be the same way in the heating and air conditioning business. Mm -hmm. That if you bought a heating and air conditioning system, you just didn't like it, you didn't like the way it heated, you didn't like the way it cooled, you just didn't like anything you know, about it, uh, that you should have the opportunity to return that system. And so that's kind of the foundation of our company. We call that our buy it back guarantee. And it's a very powerful way to do business, a very effective way to do business, and we believe that the risk of this purchasing decision should be on our shoulders, not on yours. Obviously, we're asking you to trust our company. Uh, we're asking you to uh, invest uh, money with our company uh, versus another company. So we figure that it should be our responsibility to make sure the job's done right. And if it's not done right, that shouldn't be your problem, it should be ours. In this role play section, I want you to see how I use signature stories to minimize the risk. Uh, what I'd like to do, Doug and Jamie, is to uh, share a letter with you to demonstrate what this guarantee looks like in real life. You hear the term satisfaction guarantee, money back guarantee quite often, sure. and sometimes it's in one ear and out the other, so we like to really illustrate what it looks like in real life. This is a letter from a customer of ours, Sarah Parker, and Sarah had a very high efficiency heating system put in her home, and obviously it's very high efficiency. It was the most expensive uh, system as well. About eight months after we did the installation, I got a call from her. And she said that she needed the old system, you know, pulled out and the cheapest system we had installed and refund her the difference. And, of course, I was very curious what happened. So I said, Sarah, what exactly happened? And she says, well, I, I just learned that uh, she had been diagnosed, sadly, with cancer and was very, very sick. And as a result, she was going to have to leave her job for treatment. As a result of leaving her job, she was going to have to sell her house. So she was just trying to round up all the money that she could and, uh, you know, before she sold her home and went through this very, uh, through this very traumatic situation. And once she explained the situation to me, I said, now listen, Sarah, we're not going to yank that system out. What I want you to do is very simple. You keep the expensive system. Uh, what I'm going to do is to refund you the difference and allow you to keep that system because it was the right thing to do. And this is a letter that Sarah uh, wrote uh, uh, the next year after she was able to sell the house. In fact, the real estate agent told her that because she had that you know, high efficiency system, it was actually one of the, the things that the, the person that bought the home from her really enjoyed. And so it actually helped her sell her house. So it was a, it was a win win for everybody. And this is just a, a, a letter where she outlines that whole story. And, and again, I just want to share that with you because I think when you're, you're talking to a heating and air conditioning contractor, a contractor of any, any kind, uh, it's important to know what they do when the chips are down. Because obviously these are complex mechanical systems, there can be a problem. You want to know who's going to come out and take care of it and if they're going to take care of it. So, you know, if we would do something like this in this situation, what does that say about how we would treat your system if it went out on a, 
on a, a seven o'clock on a Tuesday night, and it just wasn't heating or cooling. Do you think our company would be apt to come out and give you this kind of service? Well, it definitely sounds that way. So there was really nothing wrong with Sarah's system. You just, Seriously, you just, that's yeah. amazing. So Doug, Jamie, I'd like to ask you a question. How do you suppose Sarah Parker felt when her heating and air conditioning company, you know, really had her back when the chips were down and she had this situation? How do you suppose she felt? Surprised. Amazed. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that uh, the fact that her heating and air conditioning company uh, kind of stepped in, right. uh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, it was a pretty amazing. It was a wonderful opportunity for us to, to help her out. And, uh, and obviously, uh, you know, we wanted things to work out well for her. Finally on this page, I want to really demonstrate to the homeowner that three bids will not necessarily protect them. So watch how I do that, asking the power question at the end. Have you ever known anybody, a friend, a family member, maybe a neighbor or something like that, that got two or three bids uh, for a project for their home, a deck, a roof, windows, HVAC, whatever it is, got two or three bids and still had some kind of problem with the contractor? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that goes around. In fact, I think the, the company that we chose was the fifth company uh, that we had talked to. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's right. pretty commonplace that we, yeah. we normally get three or four bids. Right. And that's another reason that we offer this guarantee, because we know that typically folks are going to talk to a couple of three companies and try to make a decision. What we have learned is that three bids doesn't really protect us. We get three bids, why? Because you don't want to be taken advantage of, you don't want to be ripped off. And what we've learned through our years of experience in the industry, it's not about three bids or two bids or five bids or whatever, it's about having an ironclad guarantee that if something goes wrong, uh, that you're going to have some recourse. And all the bids in the world aren't going to help with that because at the end of the day, it's a gut check. Think about this. When you're buying a service like a heating and air conditioning system, when are you going to know whether or not that service is performed properly and correctly, before the installation or after? Well, I guess it's going to be after, after once, yeah. we, once we figure out if it works like it's supposed to. Right. And that's the real problem. You can have two bids, five bids, whatever people come in, they can tell you anything. You know, when, when, when your dad uh, was out shopping for HVAC systems and my dad uh, back in the day, as it were, it was a lot different back then. They could have two or three contractors into their home for windows, HVAC, or whatever, and odds are they'd get two or three sets of the truth. Do you think that's true anymore? I mean, you, you just can't do business like that right. these days. Yeah. Sadly, uh, people will come in and tell you anything anything they have to to get their hands on your money. And that's just the reality of, of the day and age in which we live. That's why we offer this guarantee. Because at the end of the day, no matter who you talk to, you're going to have to do a gut check. And you're not going to know for sure whether or not they do a good job until after the installation. So let me ask you this question. Suppose you had to make a decision right now. If you had to choose between you know, two bids, three bids, five bids from five different companies that would come in and, and tell you anything to get their hands on your money. Or over here, you had one company, one company that would treat you the way we treated Sarah Parker. If you had to choose between those two options, which would you prefer? I think I, I like the company that took care okay. of Sarah Parker. The one that you can trust and, sure. and know that no matter what happens, they, they have your back and that they're going to stand behind what they believe is right. Yeah, I agree. Now, I'm going to tell you folks that page three done expertly, which requires some role playing, some practice, it just simply does can go a long way towards minimizing risk and getting your homeowner to understand that three bids uh, are not the most practical way to protect themselves. In fact, that last question, what would you prefer? Three to five companies who say anything to get their hands on your money or one company uh, that would take care of you the way we took care of Sarah Parker? Which of those would you prefer? By the way, that word prefer is very important. 
if you say which one of those companies would you buy from, it's a little bit early in the process to be talking about buying, right? Remember, we're trying to keep our homeowners nice and calm. We don't want them, you know, start getting defensive and go on DEFCON 1 when we're not ready to start trying to close, not even anywhere near trying to close at this point. So just ask them which of those would you prefer. The net effect is they are going to make a public declaration that they prefer your company over three bids. This can be very, very helpful when you get to the end, especially if they say they're getting three bids, you can remind them of this conversation. Earlier you mentioned you preferred my company over three bids. What happened? It's a very effective way to remind them of this part of the conversation. So uh, make sure that you cover the, the, the old discussion. Make sure you ask the, the question, what I call the power question. You want to use that power question and get them to make that declaration that, uh, that three bids is not necessarily the answer to their problem. So practice it, role play it, get good at it, and again, I guarantee it works because uh, we see it work all the time. By the way, it's not going to work every single time, but if you're getting four out of ten right now, this is designed to help you get one of the five or six that you're losing. And if you get people to look at, you know, three bids and all these other issues through your perspective, they're a lot more likely to say yes to you, right? Because you're changing their mind. You're changing their mind on three bids. You're changing their mind on price. Any other discussion that you have with them. So think about this in terms of getting one or two extra deals out of the six that you're losing. Because that, my friends, is how you grow your business. Now, folks, I want to talk to you about something very, very special, uh, near and dear to us here at EGIA, and it's the EGI Foundation. If you're not aware of the foundation, really what we do is to promote the trades, the heating and air conditioning trades, as a first choice for young people as a career. One of the things that we know, unfortunately, is that you know, the labor market is getting very tight because not enough new people are coming into our industry. So Bruce Madelich, the CEO of EGIA, decided to start this, uh, another nonprofit called the EGA Foundation, designed specifically to promote the industry as a first choice. We know that sometimes youngsters and even their parents don't look at our industry as you know, a good path for their kids. And we got to change that because we all know it's a great opportunity to earn serious income and provide a great career. So I want to talk to you about some of the benefits, some of the things that we're doing at the EGIA Foundation. Now, one of the most important things we're doing is that we're providing scholarships for students who want to go to trade school or vocational school and get the education in the heating and air conditioning industry. These scholarships are very, very important because it provides the money for tuition, living expenses, whatever it is that the student would need. So I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the, the really important things regarding these, uh, these scholarships through the EGIA Foundation. It's important that you know that the EGA Foundation Scholarship Program was established to recognize the excellent and deserving students you know, seeking an HVAC technical education. The scholarship is funding the pursuit of an associate's degree, certification, or diploma in our industry in any HVAC technical program. Uh, technical education, as we all know, is important because it prepares a student for accelerated success in the lucrative industry. Uh, and we are looking for candidates passionate about achieving an HVAC education and excited to work for contractors after graduation. One of the things that we think is pretty cool too is this, it helps us in the industry by getting the word out to your friends, your family, your associates. The opportunity can make a real difference in a young person's life while enhancing your knowledge and position in the community. So what we want you to do is to go to egifoundation.org scholarship and download the flyer. Let everyone you know about this foundation and the opportunity for scholarships. If you know somebody, make sure they get the information. If you know a good candidate, make sure you download the flyer and give it to them. If you know somebody uh, that knows somebody that's looking for a job, hey, maybe you should check out the HVAC industry, download that flyer and let them know about it. Uh, if you haven't read EGI Foundation study, bringing the HVAC employment gap, bridging that rather, in terms of the lack of people coming into the industry 
It's really important. You can download a copy of the report at egafoundation.org report. Through a comprehensive research study, the EGA Foundation targeted high school students and parents and contractors, educators, manufacturers, and distributors to better understand the awareness, the perceptions, and circumstances contributing to the HVAC labor shortage. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. When you read that report, you're going to be shocked at the, uh, the image that the HVAC industry has for a lot of students and their parents. The numbers of parents who don't want their kids or don't see the HVAC industry as a good career choice for their kids. It's a complete lack of understanding what's going on in our industry. Check out that report. You'll really be amazed. Last thing I want to talk about is the eligibility requirements. Uh, students to planning to enroll uh, or they're currently enrolled in an, an accredited HVAC technical program. Uh, students pursuing an associate's degree, certificate, or diploma in HVAC. Minimum GPA of 2.0 or equivalent. And got to be U.S. citizens, U.S. nationals, or U.S. permanent residents. And current students must stay enrolled through January 1 of 2020. Here's a, very, uh, a few very important dates. April 30th of 2019 is the submission deadline. Uh, June 30th, the win winners are announced. And August, the awards are mailed out. So we really are asking all of you to support the EGA Foundation. When we were out in, at our EPIC conference last year, uh, I talked a lot about this from the platform because it's in our best interest to make sure that we're supporting and with the scholarships funding new people coming into the industry. You know, five, ten years from now, it's going to get even worse. And we got to make sure we're doing everything we can now to bring new people into the industry. And that is the mission of the EGIA Foundation. You know, a few weeks ago, we had Drew Cameron on. We were talking about how important it is to build your dream team, right? To get the right people on the bus for your company. I want to share with you some more content from that uh, recorded series that we did. Here's Drew Cameron talking about the importance of building your dream team. Number three is re-recruit raving fans. The first place you need to start, this is the most important thing, this is the most overlooked thing. You don't even do it with your customers. Adam Sutson, anybody know Adam Sutson? He sold his business uh, last year. Uh, one of probably the best marketers I've ever met in this industry, but he sold his company and retired. And he, he made his whole existence on selling newsletters to contractors who sell, you know, give them to their customers. That's the, like the littlest thing that you can do. How many of you have a company newsletter internally for your coworkers, your internal customers. They need to know what's going on. The bigger you go, you can make it simple, but the bigger you go, then you need to communicate things. Okay, take it home so that the family is communicated with as well. But you gotta re-recruit your people. That's the most overlooked recruiting strategy that there is. Why? Because they are your most loyal people, just like your customers. How many of you think you get most of your business from word of mouth? Referrals, right? Word of mouth. Where do you think you're going to get most of your best people then? Word of mouth, right? Referrals. See, you got into contracting and you think one thing when you're out there in the market, but when you're working in your business, you think a completely different thing. Apply the same logic. It makes sense. It just works, all right? So let's go ahead and what can you do internally here? Because they can convince other people to come and join your team. That's how we get most of our people. So you are that destination place of employment. Do you offer a coworker experience that's different, unique, more, better? Are coworkers empowered to wow customers above and beyond the scope of work? Or do they have to charge a nickel and dime, everybody for every little thing? Do you send gifts, thank you cards, things like that to your customers? Anybody sending thank you gifts to your customers who spend thousands of dollars with you? They, 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 spend, they buy a $10,000 system. How many of you send just a thank you note? Okay, just a thank you note. How many of you send a gift? How many of you send a gift that's a consumable? 
Cookies, flowers, a few, okay? How many, what's that? A bottle of wine. A bottle of wine that's a consumable, okay. How many of you send something that's not a consumable? A keepsake, what do you send? A gift card. A, gi- a gift card, that's okay. They can hold on to a gift card, but something that they could use. How many of you send them something that they could use in their everyday life? How many of you know those folding director's chairs, right? You see the kids' soccer games and the, you know, the picnics and stuff like that, right? Little bag chairs? Fold them up. And you, can, you know what you can do with those? Logo them with your, your name and website. Okay, I got clients that do that all over the United States. And I was at a, a, a client one year, and they took me to a music festival that, that weekend. You know how many blue chairs we saw with the name Pippin Brothers on the back of it? There had to be 60 of them scattered around. We sent it as a thank you gift. They were blown away. They didn't know it was coming. It showed up at their house. When the salesman showed up to, to kind of go through the job, gave them the thank you gift. They, they used it out there in the market, right? Or they'll give it away. That's fine. But they got used, and what did we get? More advertising, goodwill, good feelings, right? So a consumable is great, but a non-consumable is better, all right? So stuff like that. Are you sending notes home saying, hey, we appreciate you sacrificing your husband or wife during our busiest time of the year? Letting them know how important the work that their husband or spouse, wife, son, daughter, whatever, does for your company is so appreciated. Not just the money, okay? Birthday and anniversary, so you get the idea. Again, you're going to read all this, and, uh, so I'm going to kind of take you through a couple more things real quick here. Anniversary dinner, send them out. Set an environment for harmony, uh, what I call work-family harmony or integration, not balance. There's no balance, right? We need harmony and integration in life. You're never going to find balance. You just can't. It's tough, right? Pay more for top attitudes. You can teach talent, right? We can teach skills. We, every salesperson I hire, I hire from outside the industry. We teach them HVAC 101. That's easy. But we get the attitude, the mindset, the potential, and the talent. Okay? The talent's the least important in my, my concern there. The pyramid scheme. What if, if you brought me people, and I paid you a piece of the action for everybody that you hire, helped hire in my company? So some of you will pay $5,000 for a, a bird dog, right? Five, ten thousand dollars $10,000? You know what I'm talking about? No? Okay, meaning you'll pay a finder's fee, so if you brought me a technician, right, and I hired that technician, the technician's going to get a signing bonus, and I'm going to pay you $5,000 because you brought them to me, and I'll pay that out of the first year. But what if I said, not only do you get that, but you get a piece of the action on everything that he generates or she generates in a way of sales or revenue or stuff like that for technicians. And again, I'm mostly focusing on techs. So you can apply this to all your office people as well. Most people don't tell me they have a problem with finding office people. It's usually technicians and installers. Make it sense, the pyramid scheme? Okay? That's a renewable revenue stream, right? Forever. That's your retirement. I mean, if you were just getting your wage, you know what I would do with all the money I made in the pyramid scheme? To the 401k. Right? Nobody does this kind of stuff. You do that, you're making a piece of the action. I'm paying you beyond the wages, all right? Create a, create, uh, get creative with your coworker benefits. Daycare, pet care, fitness facilities, whether you, you have them in your place or you, you partner with a local YMCA or something like that. Make it easy, you know, there. De- you know, the reason that people stay at Google and go to Google and stay at Google is because they can sleep at Google. They can have their kids watch at Google. They can have their pets taken care of at Google. They can work out at Google. And I know contractors. John Wayne down in San Antonio, Texas does this. Horizon Services on the East Coast does this. Several other companies do this as well. 
They can, can they work at home? Could you also employ, uh, take care of their homes and put the latest, greatest technology? I sat in on the Daikin event yesterday. They got this brand new uh, product. How are we going to test it? Are we going to put it into a customer's house? No, we're going to put it into one of my coworkers' homes. Free of charge. It's a benefit. Test that, th- those, thing, th- those types of things out. Okay? Customers. Okay? If you're, like, yeah, I went the Okay, there we go. Went the wrong way there. Sorry. But customers are, uh, can be your ambassadors. I actually had a customer who became an employee for one of my clients. They liked the company so much during the sales process and the installation process, they asked to come and work for the company. So they can be your ambassadors. They can go out there and, and, and do things you know, that they want to do, in fact. They want to be a hero. How many of you like you know, sharing good recommendations with people, and then they come back to you and say, that was a great restaurant you recommended to me to. That was a great movie. And you feel good about that, right? You want to be the hero. We have a hero complex. And they're connected. They want to be the person who's connected. You know, what's your name? Randy. Randy. Okay, so Randy, I'm going to go to Randy. I'm going to say, Randy, do you know somebody? He's like, I got a guy. And so Randy becomes the guy who always has a guy, right? He knows the drywaller. He knows the home theater guy. He knows the security person. He knows somebody who can do, you know, change out my roof, right? He loves being that guy. There's somebody in your community that likes being that guy. Okay? You want them talking about you being their guy, right? That's what you want, your company. Do customers uh, know what you value in people? Do your customers know what you value in people? How many of you have a company newsletter that you send to your customers? I asked about the company internal to your own coworkers. You're not sending them to your customers? Oh, come on. That's the easy. That's shooting the fish in a barrel. You've got to educate your customers on everything that's good about your company, yes, but you've got to make them understand what's good about just understanding taking care of their home, being better stewards of their home. You've got to send them a company newsletter. That's called customer retention marketing. And you know what you can do in your customer retention marketing? Highlight an employee. Highlight a customer that you did good work for. And you know what else you can do? Recruit. They may not be your potential employee, but they might know somebody who could be your potential employee. We have more, in the clients I work with, we have more customers get us more coworkers than any other thing that we do. Okay? Because you know what? Our customers want us to succeed, don't they? So they know what we need to succeed. You know why? We told them. So you know, they, know, they know we need good people. So we're always looking for good people. Make it worth their while if they refer somebody to you as well, all right? And are they potential coworkers? So four. I'm giving you, giving you a total of six today, by the way. Creative and accelerated. This is where we get into the fun stuff. This is the unique stuff. This is the stuff that no one else is thinking of. A lot of that stuff, a lot of companies are actually doing. I'm surprised we don't have a lot of you all doing it, but you'll see how we get into the really creative stuff here. So the usual suspects, you can do all these things. You know all that stuff, running ads, getting online, doing stuff, television, radio, billboard. Billboard's pretty cool. Uh, we, we do billboards. We put signage on, 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 on trucks and whatnot there, website. You, how many of you have a dedicated page on your website for career opportunities? Okay, you need to go back and get a dedicated page. Employment opportunities. Put them on your site. Okay. And that way, when you have them come to Indeed, Monster, these are all the, the typical ones. See, Backpage is like a newspaper. Backpage is in Craigslist. Those are where you can get some technicians. And a lot of you do these things. These are the usual suspects. These two are really specific to our industry right here. Bird dog jobs. The rest of these are real specific to our industry here. Matt Prezenka, he's a fantastic individual. know him very well. He does a great job. But the diamond's in the rough. How many of you run employment ads on Facebook? Anybody? 
A couple of you, very good, okay. So, I mean, some of us, we don't get that. That's not who we are. That's not how our brain thinks. That's why, this is where I'm going to outsource this. I'm going, to, I'm going to tie this together for you in a minute here. But you should have the ads, you should have a dedicated career page. You may have a company page and you have a personal page, but do you have a career page? Because your company page should, should promote your company and all the work that you do and everything that you do in the community. But your career page should you know, basically be testimonials of your, from your employees, your coworkers, right? From their spouses, from their kids, showing their lives, showing them interacting in the community. Showing them what the experience is working in your company because that's what you're offering. You're offering me an experience to take care of my family for my life. And if you don't market it that way, I'm not going to look at it that way. Do you think I want a job? How many of you want a job? You want what? Do you want a career? You want what? A lifestyle. And see, and we're getting closer and closer. And then I'd go further, right? It's not the lifestyle, right? It's what's in the lifestyle, it's the, the experiences. When I do my sales training, I say, you know, we're so stupid in this industry. We keep selling things. People don't buy things. What does Disney sell? Experience. See, you all said that. Isn't that interesting? Disney doesn't sell an experience. That's what you bought. What does Disney sell? What's that? Entertainment. No. What does Disney sell? No, what does Disney sell? Tickets. Crap, right? T-shirts, hats, light-up gizmos, right? Ears. They sell you that. But what did you buy? The experience. So why aren't we selling experiences? Why aren't we selling experiences in recruiting? Why are you selling a job? Sell experiences. The funny thing is, is you all said experience. When I asked you what Disney sells, you all said experience. No, Disney sells you the tickets. You bought what you thought would be the lifestyle, the experience, right? You get the, the tickets, right? People buy what? Healthy, safe, comfortable. My kids at night can sleep. You know, that I have, I'm able to do the, uh, the, the term paper because the generator kicked on, right? I'm able to charge my cell phone at night. My kids can get a hold of me because I have internet, you know, on the weekend when the storm blew out everybody's power in, in, uh, in uh, North Carolina, right? That's what, they, that's what they bought. That's what they wanted, they got the generator. Making sense? You got to change the way you're thinking to get the different results. Folks, that's our show for this week. I hope it was helpful. hope you learned something. Keep in mind, EGA Foundation, always there to help you help us support everybody in the industry because <laughs> it's up to us to make sure that we got new people coming in. Well, thanks again for listening, folks. If you're interested in learning more about membership, visit EGIA.org.